Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. So for today's topic, uh, I'm going to require five skill checks, a performance check, a knowledge check, and then three more checks, your choice. Okay. Um, but the outcome of the five checks will determine how well this episode comes out today. Okay, cool. So I think I should probably do like a technology check in there Excellent. for the, just for the recording stuff. Um, and then um, I'm, why don't we think of the other two after I've done the first three so we kind of know what's going on and we can see what I need to manage from there. Yeah, perfect. Cue music. Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, we have a topic from Pterodactyl U on Twitter who asked, how do you keep extended challenge... Boo! No. How do you keep extended skill challenges exciting? E.g., the Pterodactyl U hip-hop dance team is in the final match in the state championship. Ooh, will they win? It's very important. I, I want to create all of these characters and I kind of feel like they're the ditch lilies and like when they go back and film like the, we took the members of this band and decided to turn them into a high school dance crew instead as like a weird marketing thing. Anyway, that's I mean, that's what's in my heart right this now. This is the episode of the ditch lilies where um, the, the snowstorm hits and the DJ can't make it to oh. the competition. So the ditch lilies oh, no. do their own acoustic hip hop yes. in order to save, in order to save the competition. Oh my God. Uh, yes. And I if you're this. like, what is acoustic <laughs> hip hop? I will refer you to MTV unplugged when LL Cool J uh, did a uh, appearance on MTV unplugged. Wow. I feel young. Or to get even better, <laughs> uh -huh. LL Cool J is the special guest star on the episode of the Ditch Lily oh, show. Oh man! Oh with, man! Yes, of course, with yes. the Ditch Lilies. Yes, yeah. That's that <sighs> is that is that is what happens. <laughs> anyway, there is an actual topic. It is not us talking about the Ditch Lilies and acoustic hip hop. Um, it is, in fact, how do you do um, extended skill challenges and keep them exciting? which is a super fun topic um, and something that I think comes up uh, pretty frequently, um, especially since like fourth edition D&D, &D, right? Um, where the concept of skill challenge was introduced to folks who play Dungeons and Dragons as a whole and is the kind of thing that when I ran fourth edition, of course, I never read the rules. So, um, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But when I ran fourth edition, I didn't feel personally like I was very successful at using skill challenges. Um, you know, we could, we could branch off into how well that rule was written to actually convey the purpose, etc. But um, it was something that I had a lot of fun playing in other people's games. And then when I tried to do it, I was like, I feel like this didn't work super well. So for today, we're going to talk about how to do it better than how I did it. Sure. Yeah, and I actually do a bunch of these uh, because my aux game, which has no combat in it yeah. um, and just has science problems, sometimes yes. has science problems under duress, um, which in um, 
which in Cortex has its own specific structure, but they're essentially uh, extended skill challenges. You also do it in Long Live the Queen, actually, a bunch, which is mm-hmm. not combat exclusive. But when we have extended like spy challenge stuff, right? Yes. you need to get out of this building without anyone catching you. Right. Uh, Sometimes yep. those kinds of things or like a, a that. Yeah. That kind of stuff can also be a skill challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I actually love skill challenges. Um, when used correctly, I think that they um, when used correctly, I think they can be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I agree. So as soon as I saw this topic, I was like, yoink, like, <laughs> let's get into it because there's definitely some stuff we can do here. But I guess first I should tell you about what exactly is an extended skill challenge. That would be great. Sure. Um, an extended skill challenge is a mechanism in a game where uh Players make a series of skill checks um, in order to accomplish some sort of complicated or large goal, usually something that is bigger than what can be um, reasonably fit into a single skill check. Or there might be reasons why um, sometimes you can't resolve it by making like using one skill. You have to use a combination of skills um, or it's going to take a long time. So you want to have like multiple checks kind of thing. Now, skill extended skill challenges can um, be about the same skill um, or it can be about uh, using different skills to accomplish a complicated goal. Um, They can be just one person doing them or they can be multiple people all the way up to a whole party um, contributing to them. And let me run down some games that have um, skill challenges in it. You mentioned 4th Edition D&D, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was um, the first place I ever encountered it personally. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And I actually liked it the second I saw it. But I like like you said, I don't think that 4th Edition's implementation, we won't get into it in depth here, but I don't think their implementation um, was quite on. In fact, I think we used a house rule for it that we liked better. And I think that house rule... Um, became pretty similar to I think when they revised it or cleaned it up it kind of got to the same place yeah yeah I think I think a lot of people had that experience with it um just because you kind of had to do a little tweaky business to make it yeah gel right yeah uh fourth edition I'm sorry we did fourth edition fake core fake core Core has a um challenge structure they actually have three structures that are um that are great for I guess what would be two of them are would be extended skill challenges. One of them is just combat, right? So combat is one of the um, of these structures. The other one that I'm in particular for this one is the challenge where um, you pick three skills, you make three skill roles, and then you kind of um, look at the which ones succeeded, which ones didn't to kind of determine the overall success. Uh, And then the other one they have is a contest, which is a chase mechanic. Chase mechanics are also extended skill challenges. You are making the same role um, to achieve a goal, which is i.e. win the race. Uh, We're not going to go into depth on those in this episode because how to make chases interesting is a little more complicated. Yeah. But also fun. Chases are also a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So park chases over to the side, but chases wind up being related to this. And some of the advice that we're going to give will also apply to chases. Yes. Cortex Prime has a structure called the time test, which is um, when you need to do something in a certain amount of time. I actually think this um, particular solution is rather elegant. Uh, because it is not based on turns, it is based on when you make checks. So this timed test is um, 
uh, is kind of really interesting in that uh, you can do them uh, over the course of days. You could do that all like in like a half hour of time, that kind of thing. And it, it's very flexible. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I could be misremembering, so feel free to correct me. Um, if I remember correctly, I think that um, the most exciting one of these that you have implemented for the Long Live the Queen game was me trying to get the queen out of oh, yeah. Buckingham Palace, which was being attacked by Scottish um, rebels, by Scottish rebels at the time and trying to get her out to her private jet so that we could get back to France yes. um, through basically this battlefield. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. You almost didn't make it. I was it was really close. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was really close. Last one I want to mention is Tales from the Loop also has an extended skill challenge. They often recommend um, after you've kind of done your investigating and now you kind of need to do the thing to end the mystery that you use this mechanism. It basically allows each player to kind of contribute um, success dice to a total amount of successes that kind of determines whether or not you reach this threshold in order to be successful or not. It's a really um, it's a cool mechanism. Um, after you've, it, it's the action phase, like you've done all your investigating and you know what you need to do. Now everybody kind of contributes to this pool of successes in the action phase to see if they ultimately, um, are successful. I've implemented it in a few places in Tales from the Loop, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So, all right. So just an example, yeah. other games have these mechanisms. And even if your game doesn't have it, the hack for this is really easy. Yeah. It's basically X amount of successes in Y amount of roles. Yes. Yeah. Like you can, like if your game had nothing but a skill check in it and you wanted to be like, I want to make my own like extended skill check mechanism. All you're really looking at is you're going to say like, hey, this action requires, let's say this action is climbing a mountain because we're going to use climbing a mountain a bunch yeah. <laughs> um, in, in this, in this, as an example, let's say you want, you want to use a skill extended skill challenge for climbing a mountain. You can say, I need X number of successes in Y number roles. So you need three successes in five roles to successfully reach the top of the mountain. Yep. Now we're going to tell you how to make that way more interesting than what I just said, because the skill challenge I have just described is actually pretty boring. Yeah. It's kind of and. Meh. Right. And <laughs> yeah. maybe you just want to use a skill check for that. But right. if we want to make it challenging, I will show you how to uh, how to do that. Yes. Um, this is just interesting, right? Because I think the key thing, the key takeaway from that basic layout is that the number of roles that you get total functions as your clock. Yes. For that. Yes. Um, skill challenge. And that's that's just the thing to kind of think about is that is essentially your clock. If you're more accustomed to talking about clocks, um, you have to have X number of successes in that clock mm -hmm. face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Um, like, otherwise, you could just take as much time as you wanted. And yeah. Until you get enough, until you, you know, like, yeah. like you, you can't, you know, like you need, you need the strength check to get through the store and it takes you six times to get through it. That's not an extended skill challenge, right? That's, no, that's, that's just six rolls you made, you know, that's just take 10, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take 10. I open this fucking door. Why yeah. am I rolling to open the door if there's nothing behind it? Right. Like <laughs> also a question that gets into this anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that, um, 
yeah, that um, X in Y is the Y is your clock. And then X is basically if you, you have to like you, you need to leave some margin for failure. Yes. Right. Because if you're like, hey, you need five successes in five, in five roles, roles? Not, every, not a lot of players are going to hit that unless no. like your difficulties are really low or something. Right. So you really want to um, a good way to figure it out is and you got to kind of calibrate this from your game is pick the number of successes you need and pad it with like 50 percent or 100 percent more. Like if you want three checks. Right then like three or you want three successes you then like three successes and six checks is a 50 right yeah. drop one three successes you know that's three fifths um those percentages are a little higher they're not impossible right it allows you to fail twice yep um what i um what i really like in cortex is the way they do their role is if you um if you fail you check two boxes on the time challenge, right? Because the goal is to, mm -hmm. the goal is to get all your checks done before you fill up the clock. Yes. So if you fail, you have to check two. Yep. Uh, if you're successful, you check one. Mm -hmm. And if you get a heroic success, that is five over the difficulty, you check none. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it, it, it gives you that even nicer, um, you know, hey, if somebody gets a, a heroic success and somebody failed, those like wash out. They cancel out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is Look really nice when you feel like you're getting into trouble because you can start throwing player resources at it. Yes. Um, to try and balance for that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, what do they do? Like why why have extended why not just make everything just a single role skill check check? Like what's yeah, the I think the the real thing we're going for with them is that you can accomplish a more complex task that just has more interest in it than a simple skill role would really allow you to do. So if we go back to climbing a mountain, um, if you're like, cool, here is a mountain, you must climb it, roll a skill check for climb. Did you succeed? Did you fail? Like, okay, you are saying that the most interesting part of climbing a mountain for an entire day is just the act of literally climbing the mountain. But if that mountain is, you know, like, like a full mountain, um, then there might be times you have to climb. There might be times that you have to jump over a ravine. Um, there might be like, you have to spend the night in a field and keep watch. Um, and so we could combine all of the different activities that you would have to do to actually get successfully to the top of that mountain, like endurance, how long can you climb for? Yeah, right? endurance is like, a great one for mountain climbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you keep going, you know, at the speed you need to, to accomplish this climb in the amount of time that you need to accomplish it in? That kind of stuff. Um, you know, and there, there's maybe an argument with this one that I'm throwing out there that you could play this out thing by thing, but um, doing it as a skill challenge lets you create kind of a nice niche between we're going to sit here and play out in detail. Okay, you walk up this ravine, you turn right, right? Something that lands between that and okay, roll to climb the mountain, right? So yeah, we exactly. give the impression of multiple activities that that take time without necessarily spending a ton of game time on it because it's interesting and we want to know if something goes wrong because it will be interesting if something goes wrong but it's not maybe the main thrust of the game 
if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, um, it's, it, it's, it can be a way to do some extra roles without it being a combat. Yes. Like, that also. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, listen, combats are fun. Combats are exciting, but also combats are exciting because they're multiple roles. If combats were just one role, they wouldn't actually be that exciting. <laughs> right. Like if you were just like, Oh, roll. Oh, you failed. You lose this fight. Right. Okay. The knight and the dragon. Okay. Roll to attack. Oh, you right. failed. He eats you. Yeah. So <laughs> along the same lines, right? Sometimes, sometimes climbing up a thing is just literally uh, climb up a thing, right? Because yeah. it's not interesting. Other times it could be a lot more interesting. Like if the protagonist, uh, if the antagonist in a particular part of the adventure is the mountain. Yes. Because that's basically what we're saying. This yeah. encounter is the mountain. I cannot stop singing. If any of you out there know in my head, this is playing over and over again on repeat. It's kind of old. Someone did a remix of an interview with William Shatner in which the, the, the chorus is Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing the mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing the mountain? And then it's a bunch of other parts and it's, you know, to make love to the mountain. And it, I, anyway, this is playing in my head a lot, right? To, to be clear, <laughs> the answer to why Captain Kirk is climbing the mountain is going to be way less satisfying when I show you the movie. Okay. But the, but the song is pretty great. I'm going to no, send the it song to you is, later. The song is probably arguably better than the movie. It's, and don't, it's don't come weird. at me, Trek fans. Star Trek V <laughs> is garbage. <laughs> Just don't even come at me. It is hot garbage. There are. No, I'm not even going to defend it. Just it's hot garbage. All right, moving along. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so in this scenario, the mountain is the antagonist and yeah. you can't have a combat scene with the mountain. So yes. now you can still accomplish the same interest level and like style of engagement that you might accomplish from a combat with the mountain instead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Exactly. All right, cool. So how do you make them exciting? Because we certainly have described what, you know, we've hinted at it, but like, let's ping pong through a list of ways to make this exciting. Yeah. Uh, the first one is good stakes. Um, the stakes have to be engaging and exciting. And part of that is that a skill challenge is usually on some kind of clock, right? So if you run out the clock as you're trying to do the skill challenge, what is the consequence of that? Yeah. There has to be a reason that it needs to be done in this specific kind of time range or, you know, role range or whatever it is. It let doesn't me, have to be a game time time thing, but a, a clock, right? Sure. Let me give you, let me give you an example. One of sure. just of the mountain that, that could be fun. Yes. Um, so our mountain is going to be, um, is going to be three successes. Um, we're, we're just going to go three total successes. Open clock. I'll explain okay. why in a second. Okay. Three total successes to get up this mountain. You have three days worth of rations. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. So like if you, um, if you fail a roll, you have to make a decision on whether or not you want to consume your rations that mm -hmm. day. If you don't consume those rations, you'll be at a negative when you go to roll for your next roll. And now the struggle is the clock is hunger. Yeah. 
Yep. Right. We engage whatever mechanics there are for not eating, exhaustion, those kinds of things. Yep. Um, and we can make a pretty dramatic story about climb checks. Yeah. And endurance, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, there are uh, movies about this stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, the next one, uh, the next one besides having good stakes is uh, interspersed drama or intersperse other scenes between the roles. Just because you have to make three roles to get up this mountain uh, doesn't mean that that's the only things that happen. It can be like if you're if you're running your clock on a like a really tight timetable, you can even still have like little breaks for um, character interactions, chit chats, things like that. But if you're you know, if we're talking about like climbing up a mountain, we can have all sorts of things happen. We can have characters talking to each other during rests. We can have other drama unfolding. Um this goes to the same thing like we, you know, we give the same advice for combat, right? Like you don't have to have combat just be trading blows. Like other things can happen in the middle of your combat to make it interesting. Same thing goes here. Yeah, and it also gives you the opportunity to position yourself for um, whatever the next part of the skill challenge is, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you, um, you know, if you're going to just climb, climb, climb the whole way up, awesome. But if you, um, and I think this is later in here, so sorry, I'm jumping ahead as usual, but it gives you the opportunity to narratively set yourself up for um, rolling a different skill potentially. Right? Oh, I don't know if we have that exactly, so that's perfectly fine. Yeah, no, we, we kind of, we kind of do, but not exactly that, but I wanted to, I wanted to say it because it's a, it gives you the opportunity to do narrative positioning in the midst of the skill challenge itself. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It allows, it allows for that narrative positioning, which I think is, you know, which I think is great. Which also leads really nicely into the next one, which is have ways to create advantages between roles. Yes. Right. So that it doesn't just give you the opportunity to narratively position what kind of role you make next. It also gives you the opportunity to narratively position a way in which you might get an advantage or be able to give an advantage to the next person who rolls on the actual skill challenge. Right. That you that you are like, cool, I'm not going to roll for the skill challenge. I'm going to take this time to do, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm going to I'm going to build rope harnesses for all of us or whatever it is um, so that when so and so rolls to climb the next mountain face, um, you know, we are set up and we have the advantage of having the right technology with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And some like games that have systems for this often have ways to create advantage. Like in, in fate, you would just like yeah. literally create an advantage and in cortex, yes. <laughs> you can do, you know, pretty much the, the same, the same kind of thing. Um, if you are hacking this into your game, right. You can have people make other skill checks or mm -hmm. use of spells or magic items, whatever to grant a bonus to the person who's going to make their check. Yes, exactly. Right. Cool. So that's, you know, that is a way to um, basically what you're doing is you're allowing other things that are not part of your X in Y yes. to create some sort of appropriate mechanical bonus for your game. It might be it a plus X, a die goes into the die pool, whatever, to improve the odds of succeeding. Yeah. 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 And, and that's good because that is a case, and we'll talk about this, we talk about this a little more in the list, but in a case where a player is like, oh, climb, 
no, I'm the wizard, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> like, like I can't make any climb checks for us on this extended action. I'm terrible at climb. What can I do to still be part of this role? Oh, I'm going to expend um, bull strength to yeah. like make the person who is climbing stronger to help us. Or I'm going to use mend to make sure that all our gear um you like all our ropes and stuff are in the best shape possible. Yes. Those kinds of things. So by allowing those kind of advantages, the people who can't or don't have the skills to directly contribute wind up with a contribution that feels meaningful and is yes, meaningful. It, right? is it meaningful. becomes yeah. a meaningful, uh, you know, uh, bonus to the next role. Right. Which was, in fact, our other thing, which was involve as much of the party as possible. Yes. Um, whether that's in the the actual skill challenge roles directly or whether that's in creating advantages, make sure that everybody is, you know, actually able to actively participate because otherwise you kind of end up with people sitting on the sidelines watching what is somewhat like combat, which just isn't a lot of fun, right? It's not a ton of fun watching everybody else do combat when you cannot or are not involved, Correct. Kind of, kind of not the best. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun, right? Like yeah. people don't, especially if it's going to take a little while yeah. to to get it done. People don't like it's not, you know, like then people are sitting around. The worst case of this, which I, I think I have later in the notes, but I'll mention it now. Yes. Right. The ultimate worst case of this is the classic Netrunner problem. Yeah. Where the whole party is waiting for the Netrunner to open the door. Yep. Like to take over the system so they, they can open up the doors. Um, it's brutal, right? It, it it can be brutal when it's not done correctly. Um, so actually, you know what I'll do? Let me, I'm going to just ad lib one bullet into this real quick. Sure. So if possible, if your skill challenge can all is being done in time with other things that don't involve the skill challenge, like one group of people are climbing the mountain, but another group of people are, I don't know, um, riding horses in a chase or whatever, go back and forth. Yeah, mix that like, up. Move the spotlight around so that you're not just sitting on the skill challenge, like just, you know, move it around so it stays fresh. Yeah, if 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 someone is hacking to get the door open, you can jump between their hacking progress and the rest of the heist team trying to get into position, right? Like, yeah, yeah just jump it back and forth. Yep. Um, cool. Uh, you can also use visuals to show people's progress. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just nice from the perspective that when you are in person, especially for me, I don't know, I have a thing about physical objects. Um, but of course you can do this digitally as well, um, is being able to see, just, just physically see the progress that you have made, whether that's that you like checked another box or there's another dice added to the pool in the middle of the table, that's going to be, you know, your final result or, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, there is a feeling of accomplishment when you get to see the result of succeeding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 you know, anytime you can put like a thing on a table, um, count, you know, count up, count down clock, Mm -hmm. You know, any kind of object that focuses people on seeing, you know, where they are. Uh, I think it's really helpful. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Uh, next one is, and this again is this one, this tip comes right out of our thing about combat, tips about combat, narrate what every role looks like. Yeah. 
Like don't just, um, just like you wouldn't in combat and don't get me wrong. I know we all do it after a couple of rounds of combat, but like in the beginning of combat where we kind of describe our hits and stuff like that, do the same thing with your skill checks. What does it look like if you're, do you, if you're doing the main check, what does it look like? If you're doing the advantages, what do those look like? Like, yeah, this will add to the immersion and overall description and everything of the of the check. Yeah, just the storytelling in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the last one, which is um, very what skills are needed or available to complete the check. So um, you don't have to make every skill I, I, we kind of touched on this earlier right but not every role to climb the mountain has to be a climb check right some yeah. of this stuff is going to be about endurance some of this might be about dexterity and avoiding an avalanche some of it might be about strength um you know some of it might be use rope three five and third edition people favorite, i don't think that skill favorite skill anymore. that got dropped <laughs> use rope use rope anyway i would like to seduce this person <laughs> with use rope <laughs> anyway so you open the field so that a you can use multiple multiple skills or allow your players to justify the use of skills that are not just the same note over and over again along the same lines there is a balance between telling the players which skills they need yeah and leaving it open to let them decide. Yes. Right. So you could say something like, hey, this climb mountain check is going to be a climb, endurance, and perception. Yes. Three checks to get up the mountain. You know, um, climb to actually climb, endurance to have the strength during the long haul of this to get up the mountain, and perception to be able to find the best, least dangerous route um, to get up the mountain. Like that is a totally legit. Um, way to do it conversely you could say okay you will need three skill checks three three passing skill checks in order to climb up this mountain i'm going to leave them up to you to tell me which ones they are you could even do a middle ground where it's like you need three checks to get up the mountain at least one of these checks has to be a climb check yeah yep like all three of those are um, doable, right? You can define them all. Yep. You can define none of them. Yep. Or you can lock in some of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that just, because what that does is if you don't define them all, um, it gives the players a chance to be creative. Yes. Right now, if you lock them all down, then they can be creative with the advantages. Yes. But if you leave them open in the skill challenge, they can also be creative about applying their skills and the things that they're good at for um, those particular checks. Yeah. And this is just a moment where we're going to, we're going to readdress this thing that happens sometimes. Just remember as a GM that if you're, if you're kind of going for the style of gaming that Phil and I are usually talking about, we're fans of the players, right? So we're, we're making skill checks that allow them the creativity to use the things they're good at instead of specifically saying, ha ha, I've locked it down so that you can't use any of the skills that you're good at, um, right? So this is, that's just another one of those moments to remember that what we're excited to see is the story of how the PCs get through this skill challenge, not ha ha, I win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's very much, uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of it, right? Especially when players get super creative with it. 
Yeah. And they will come up with things that you never thought of that make perfect sense and are really good. Right. And sometimes let's be honest, sometimes they will come up with stuff that is reaching and you will have to, as a GM, just be like, "Mm, (laughs) no, not like try again, like pick a different skill. I try not to do that, but like there are times like I love my players, but sometimes one will reach a little too far and you just have to like tell them like "Mm, try a different skill. This is one of those times I'll direct people back to probably our last improv episode. I don't remember, but that moment in gaming where you can say no, but right. Um, Like you don't have to completely shut down an avenue of, of way forward, but you can say this doesn't really make sense. And for the tone of game that we're playing, doesn't really fall in line, whatever it is. But what if we took some of this idea and did it a different way um, with a different skill or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, having covered all of that. Yes. Having covered all that. Why don't we, um, why don't we just for funsies? Yes. Why don't we um, apply what we just uh, had to Pterodactyl use hip hop dance team as they're in their final match of the state championships? Uh, yes. <laughs> so we're gonna, just going to make up a couple of these um, ping pong our way through them. Let me um, I'm going to actually just I'm going to go through because I see two bullets I want to pull out and put it like in the front. Sure. So what I'm going to say here is as the GM, Mm -hmm. this um, this final match of the state championship um, isn't going to be just like one dance. It's going to be like several dances. So what I'm going to say is that for this um, competition, there are going to be five skill checks that need to be made by the players. Okay. Uh, the more successes you get, the better you will do, right? You don't need all five in order to win the match, but I also don't want to tell you what your placement is based on roles. Like I just, at the end, your total, I will like, I will announce the winners kind of, kind of thing. Um, and what I've done in the background is I have, um, I have set totals. I have set successes for the other teams. Yes. Like, yes, there you go. So I have the Neat. five other teams and I have decided how many successes each team has gotten. You are going to roll all of your successes and then I will rank the I will rank the um, all competitors and I will announce first, second and third place. In addition to that, besides the five checks that you have to make during this competition, if any of your checks has a super success, and again, I'm going to use that in quotes because we're not playing with a real system here. Yes. But if your game has super successes, many do. Um, if you get a super success, then you get two victory. You get two, like two victories two into victory, your total. Victory points or whatever. Yeah, because it really means that you tracking. didn't even just win that. Yeah. Like you didn't even just do well in that round. Like you blew everybody away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So that's the framework of, okay. uh, of our mechanics. Um, so it's, it's, it's a variable number of successes in five checks. Mm -hmm. And we've added a thing where super successes give you extra, um, extra points. Cool. Um, so then the next thing is, um, let's talk about stakes for a second, because of course we know our stakes are, we want to win the championship, but this particular championship, if we win it, we will also be on the cover of our team's favorite dance magazine yeah probably with some sort of celebrity guest star 
Right. Yeah. Cause, cause winning's okay. Right. Winning, yeah. winning's okay. Winning's great. Um, but like, yeah. Now if <laughs> we wanted to do, if we wanted to do something, um, an ad, like in this case, we're adding an extra, um, an extra yum, right? Like, yes. Hey, we won and we got this magazine. And. If we were, if we were playing something a little more grim, mm-hmm. why we could say that, Hey, the, um, first place, the first place team gets a, um, $10,000 check. And actually, if you don't get this check, your team will run out of money and has to like, won't be able to like, we'll have to disband. Like they, they can't continue. Um, they can't continue being a dance team next year. Yeah. They won't have the funding. Right. Yeah. So now like now we've raised the stakes, but we've raised it with tension. Yes. Okay. So just two examples of um, making the, you know, the stakes based on tone of your game. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I'll do the next one real quick. Uh, between the checks, because we're not going to do all five checks in a row. Between the checks, um, there are times there's like downtime, like while other teams are competing. You may use those things to do your um, advantages. So you can have checks to inspire um, fellow team members. You can spend time psyching yourself up by making a roll. You could go and talk smack to one of the other teams and try to get in their head. Um, those kinds of things. You could take a moment to like um, fix someone's costume that got messed yes. up in the last dance so that they're that they're coming in full and fresh again instead of at some sort of disadvantage. Yeah. Walk through a few steps with somebody that you know yep. is having some trouble to give them yep. a bonus, that kind of thing. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So... Each time we approach this, so each round of of dance off, basically <laughs> that we're having, right? Um, a different player is going to roll for this check, and they will pick which skill they are going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, which thing we're going to focus on, both in how we narratively describe this dance, and like as a team, what are what note are they focusing on hitting to win this particular round? Right. So that might be athletics. It might be endurance, like climbing the mountain. You know, if this is the last one and you've been dancing all day or whatever, it could be endurance. Um, It might be your dance skill. It might be your personality or your performance skill. Right. Whatever that person um, is pushing is the note we're going to hit both narratively and um, as the thing that gets them through that round. Yes. Love it. Okay. Um, in line with that, when you pick your um, when you pick your skill to roll, uh, you also need to describe the routine. Yeah. Like and, you know, you know what? I'm going to even just go out on a limb here for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give you a bonus to your role um, if yeah. you have music. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, name a song at the table. We'll play it while you're making your check. Love that it. kind of thing. I love yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, for whatever game this is, um, we are going to put dice in the middle of the table for each victory. We're going to put a die. Mm -hmm. Every every die that succeeds or every additional die from a super success, we're going to put all that in a pool in the middle of the table so we can see how many successes we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, you know, just an idea of like how well it's going. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then again, like I said, at the end, I'm going to like, I'm going to basically take your total and look at the totals that I generated for the other teams. And then I'm going to tell you your placement. Yeah. And I'll, you know, 
drum roll. Drum roll. I don't know how well that's picking up, so I'm going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> there thanks. was a drum roll. Cool. <laughs> all right. So yeah. So overall, all the things that we just put in there are just things that you can do that takes. I mean, essentially, what is still right at its core, it is still. I need you to make X rolls in Y amount of you know, like in Y amount of time. But what we've done is we just we added a lot of stuff to it so that each role, there's a lot more going on. There's stuff going on between roles. Um, we're having scenes where people are having heart to hearts. They're pumping each other up or they're, you know, they're giving the, you know, the stink eye to the other team and trying to psych them out. Like all these things are happening, even though we're still just making those roles. Yeah. But it sounds more exciting, doesn't it? Yeah. And it gives you a lot more things to do. Yeah. And just be like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to roll a, a dance check. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is like, because I prep a lot of these is like, it's really to think about, um, it's really to think about what would like, how would this be exciting if you were watching it, like in a movie or something like that? I'll, I'll give you one outside of what we talked about with the dance competition. I'm doing one right now for the Ox guys where um, a natural disaster has occurred. And so in my timed check, like my, like my, um, in that clock, I have that other events occur as they reach, like after two checks, um, first responders arrive on the scene. I put out another, I put out an asset with a first responder die that all the players can use because now the first responders are there. Yeah. Further down, a gas main explodes I add a die to every um, existing problem on the table. Oof. Yeah, right? no, like but that's the, cool because it means the problem as they're dealing with it continues to evolve. Exactly. Right. In a realistic way for a natural disaster response. Yeah. So also consider that because you're using a clock, you can have events occur at different parts on the clock. Yeah. Like, I think I did with yours for the Buckingham Palace one, like different parts of the palace were falling to the rebels. Yes. As the clock was ticking down. Yes. It was intense. I don't remember um, ending up encountering... No, you Super avoided specific. everyone. I until you avoided the very everyone end. until the end, and the clock caught up to you. The clock you caught were, up to me literally as like I pushed the queen onto the plane, and yes. the, the clock caught up with me right then. You would not have made it if it wasn't for um, your two team members who created advantages for you. Yep. To um, uh, clear the way to get like they shot at the other. Um, at the Scottish rebels to clear the way for you to get onto the, onto the jet. It was, it was pretty cool. I was prepared. Like if you had failed another role, I was like, well, you got the queen on board. Yeah. You have now been captured. Yeah. And I was like, I thought, I thought that that might be what was going to happen. And to be clear, that would have been really cool. Cause a, I still got the queen on the plane, which is like the key thing, right? Like got to get the queen on the plane. And so then it's like, okay, then the the next adventure becomes about me, like how do, how do I get out of this situation? Um, but but I got the queen on the plane, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we would have gone back and forth because I would have let you also use your two team members 
Like your two team yeah, members yeah, yeah. could have been from the outside working to figure out how to rescue you. How to get me while out. Yeah. On the in, on like while being captured, you could also then work to figure out how to escape. Yeah. 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 It would have been fun. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing is that like, this is a spy game and we just keep doing things. There's always the chance that something like that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So don't, <laughs> don't rule it out yet. <laughs> Nope. It's Not part of it is actually one of the things we figured out before we started playing that game was like what happens. Yeah, actually caught. we we um yeah, we had a talk about that. You actually have some mechanics that kick in if you do get captured. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. All right. Let's uh before we um wrap this topic up completely, let's talk about a few things to avoid when you're doing your skill challenges. Mm, surprise, most of these are going to be the opposite of what we said, make good skill challenges. Yes. Like, so, but we're going to just note them anyway, because I want to bring up some examples and some things like that. So um, let's talk about a few things to avoid. What's the first one? Don't make it too long. Like in the same way, you know, when combat has been going on for four hours and you're all like, um, maybe that's just me. Um, no, it's no, like, no, no, you know, combat can go on too long. Yeah, it's, it's like, but it's it's that thing where sometimes you just end up hitting the same beat over and over and over again and just feel like you're not making any progress. So don't don't make it too long. Do your best to make it something that you actually do and complete. I need um, you to make 12 checks to get up this oh mountain. Oh my God. <laughs> Too many, right? No, too many checks. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next one. um, Do not have a skill check. Be all one player asterisks. Yes. Unless the other players also have other shit. Yeah. Or like doing something. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I.e. the Netrunner problem, right? Do not have the Netrunner just sitting there making, you know, intrusion checks in order to take over the elevators of the... um, of the tower. Um, if, if you're doing that, like you got to have other things for the players to do. It's boring. Yeah. Sitting there and watching someone else do a whole bunch of roles for like 45 minutes. Not fun. It's not a great way to keep the energy up at your table. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Not fun. Okay. What's another one? Um, don't have it be the same role over and over and over again, right? Because then it doesn't feel, there's a weird thing about doing the same role over and over again, where it's like, if you succeed sometimes at that role and fail sometimes at that role, it doesn't always feel like you're making progress. You're like, I'm just rolling a bunch of climb checks. Like, yeah. And if you're going around the table and saying like, hey, you all have to make climb checks. Well, like some players didn't take points and climb and they're like, well, shit, now I'm going to bring down the whole group because like my climb check sucks. Yeah. Whereas if you sometimes leave them open. Yeah. Right. Or let, you know, people make advantages instead of making the direct checks. People find a way to contribute. Yeah. They're going to use rope to make a harness to put the wizard on the um, fighter's back so that, you know, yeah, Whatever the druid's going to the druid's going to figure out a way to like, you know, use some sort of animal friendship talk to animal thing to like get help getting up the mountain. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the goats tell you like don't go up that don't face. Go it's, that you way. know, it's way too narrow for you guys. You want to go over here. Yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. those things are like soup those things can be super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't just spam one roll. It's so boring. Mhm. Okay. Um, which gets us to the last one, which is boring outcomes. 
like have a reason for these things. Like it's a combat, right? Like have a reason getting up the mountain before you run out of food or getting up to the mountain before the coronation or the wedding or whatever. That shit's exciting. Getting up the mountain mm, by itself. Maybe, maybe, but you're doing a lot more work, right? Like, um, having getting first, like getting first place in the hip hop championship. Mm, that's nice. Getting first place in the hip hop championship in order to get enough money to keep your hip hop school um, funded. That's yep. exciting. That's good stuff right there. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Trying to get over the mountains in a snowstorm because you just need to get over the mountains in a snowstorm versus we must cross these mountains, um, you know, whatever the situation because we have to take this ring to Mordor and the eagles apparently won't help us. Um, <laughs> if you fail that check, you end up in the mines of Moria and we know what happens down there. I'm just saying. I always imagine that like later on the boat, like Frodo's telling Bilbo the whole story and Bilbo's <laughs> like, like, where were the eagles? Call, why didn't he just call for the eagles? <laughs> and Frodo's like, say what? Say what? <laughs> but like, yeah, like like when yeah. I was rolling with Gandalf, like yeah. he summoned these eagles. Woom, like, yeah, like we were we were gone and off. And like Frodo being like motherfucker, <laughs> like, like motherfucker could have summoned those eagles at any time, but didn't and chose not to. I marched through snow up to my like fucking nipples. <laughs> like, fucking Gandalf could have just flown around. us over the yeah right. <laughs> And instead have a skill challenge that was a forced march through the dark of an abandoned mine with a time challenge of orcs, right? Like, just saying. Anyway, that pretty much does it, doesn't it? I think it does it. I, I feel, think it does it. I, I, think, I feel like we, I think we, I think we really hit upon it. Uh, I'll just say really quick as a wrap up. I'm a big fan of, of skill challenges. I love them. Um, I love them as a change up from just doing combats. Um, I love them in the middle of a dungeon as like, again, a beat change. I love them. They're great in games where um, combat isn't a big thing, like um, Tales from the Loop, my Ox game, things like that, where it's like, well, I want something dramatic to happen here, but we can't punch things. Yeah. Yeah. There's no punching right now. It's a great way. It's a great alternative to that. Yeah. That's good. Cool. All right. Good. Um, Pterodactyl, you, thank you for the, uh, um, thank you for the topic. It was a great one. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Hmm. We now need to, uh, head to the closing. And in order to do that, we must climb over the mountain of the blurb about <laughs> the other, uh, show on the Misdirected Mark <laughs> oh Network. So please, while I, um, while I take a rest, uh, please make your check to get us over the mountain and into the valley of closing. Oh, dear. Okay, so uh, you you could also be listening to the Gnomecast, on which several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming, uh, gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. And just as a side note, if any of you have any strong ideas about cool articles that could be up on the Gnomecast right now, I will also direct you to gnomestew.com where you can find um, a submission um, form that you can fill out um, to propose articles as a guest writer. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is something that we love 
please throw them out there. Um, we're, we're looking for more people to write some guest articles right now. Um, and we would much appreciate getting other perspectives on stuff. Um, sometimes we've written a lot of things already and uh, having people who, you know, think a little bit differently about them is great. I will also say this. If you write a guest article and uh, wind up really liking it, like get the writing bug, um, many people who have become members of Gnome Stew started by writing guest articles. Yeah, it's true. So you 100% <laughs> could like just give it a test drive and like write a few articles and be like, oh, hey, you know, it turns out I actually like writing about GMing advice and parlay it into um, a spot and get your own pointy hat. Very own um, pointy hat. And work to avoid getting put into the stew. Very own uh, mission critical scallenge. A scallenge, a skill challenge is a scallenge. Um to remain out of the stew with the consequence of being thrown into said stew. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> Coolness. Hey, Senda, where do people find us on the internets? Well, it's getting more challenging, isn't it? When you pass the skill challenge of, of looking for us, uh, there are some places that you may succeed in finding us. Um, you can find us on Twitter still at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on um, the Dice.Camp Mastodon, um, or where we are, Idella Mithland and DNA Phil, our personal accounts that match um, on Twitter. Um, you can find us on the Tiki Talkies with the exact same usernames. Um, and I, th I think that's about it right now for social media, but you can drop us an email, panda at mistress mark.com or you can always post something in the misdirected mark forums which is forums.misdirectedmark.com okay uh -huh. so the real skill challenge is actually finding us and once they've done that what do they get um, to do with their success <laughs> yeah just like uh, pterodactyl you did leave us a topic um just bring up something that you would like our advice on it can be a thing that you're struggling with it could be a thing that you're like well i'm okay at it but i would love to be better at it um whatever it is our job here is to help you um play um more better games and by playing more better games you will be happier like you will have more fun when you are running stuff and you're like, hey, my skill challenges kick ass now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my players love them and this is great. I'm going to play. I'm going to run more games now um, and you will run more games and play more games and other people will get to play in more games because you're running them. And overall, all of that is good and you'll stay in the hobby. And as a person who is clocking in his 40th year in this hobby, holy shit. Um, a lot. It's a lot of I, years. I want you to stay. Like, I want you to have a good time. It's been so good to me. I would like it to be as good for you. So, you know, come and enjoy it and, you know, find ways to uh, make your gaming easier and more fun. If you enjoy what we're doing here on the Mr. Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. There's a bunch of things you're going to get access to. Right off the bat, Slack Room for Life gonna love it uh chat with some awesome people you can talk to hosts from the show um we all basically hang out there fridays we have a little zoom luncheon you can come hang out with us we've got some we've got, we've gotten over the last couple of weeks some new people on the zoom luncheon it's it's uh, international great. as well yes like it's not even lunch for it's not even lunch for several of them it's like cocktails or dinner time for some people um, i now and then, understand why our ratings have been fluctuating in norway yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, we're I'm picking saying. up we're picking up some we're picking up in Nor in Norway. Um but anyway, um 
so the Slack room for life is the first thing. We have a bunch of different rooms for all sorts of chat. You want to talk about Star Trek. You want to talk about um, pretty much anything. We've got a room for it. And you can definitely do that, including role-playing games, obviously. And the okay. Reading Rainbow, which is like our, what are you reading right now room? So if you e- want just a place exactly. to chat with people about cool books, I love that room now. Yeah. It's my faves. Fantastic. Okay. Um, if you are a $4 or higher patron, you now get access to the materials that are getting created as part of MM Plays. So in MM Plays, we are currently um, playing through Cortex Prime, a, um, a game that we uh, created called Children of the Shroud, which is a um, urban, uh, not urban, it is modern magic swashbuckling high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, And uh, we're putting out material for it from um, all of our prep stuff, our Cortex list of mods, our session zero material, and soon our adventures, like the actual stories. Like I'm writing them, you're getting them um, after we play through them, of course, so that those guys who are playing in it don't see them first. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) um, anyway, there's a bunch of stuff like that. There's also the Bamboo Lounge and the after show from the the Bamboo Lounge from this show, the after show from the Misdirected Mark. You're getting some stuff. Um, And, you know, occasionally we'll surprise you if we put some other stuff together. Sometimes Senda writes a game. You'll get it. Um, Sometimes, you know, sometimes we do things for encoded. You'll get them. Um, Whatever. There's more stuff. So anyway, consider it Slack Room, MM Play stuff, bonus content, that kind of thing. Oh, and access to the fucking treasure trove of past uh, episodes that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those Just are a, all there in archives. I, I believe the yeah. numeric term for how many um, shows we have is a fuck ton. Fuck ton. Um, yes. Yeah. Fuck ton Correct. of shows. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. If you are a patron of the show, thank you very much. Um, we appreciate everything um, that you do to support us. If you're not a patron, uh, we understand completely. It's okay. There's still a thing you can do. By the way, patrons, you can also do this thing. Like, don't think this is just for the non-patrons. There's a thing you can do that helps us uh, get more listeners because that is um, really what we're driving for here, right? Is more listeners to help more people. Mm-hmm. So we need more people to hear us. Mm-hmm. You can help with that. Sendo, how do they help? Yeah, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, or you can just tell a friend, like tell somebody that you think would be interested. Um, you know, give us a listen. If we're if you think we're their style, let them know. That's cool. Sometimes people say things on various social medias like, I'm looking for a TTRPG podcast, but I don't want it to be actual play and I'd like something system agnostic. And I'm, you know, those are usually the ones that I see because I'm like, oh, it describes us. That's us. That's us. So, you know, if you feel so inclined and you think that it's a good fit, please feel free to recommend us. We really appreciate it. Mm. Mm -hmm. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say send a... Did you figure out what those last two checks were going to be? Nope. (laughs) This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, 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 show me what you got, hey. Bloop. Yeah. Clicky, click, click, click. 
I don't know why it does that sometimes. It's like I still had Audacity open and then I closed it and I opened a new thing. And then it's like you hit record and it's like, nope. No, because your machine went to sleep and it lost like it's it lost like the USB connections or whatever. So like it comes up and it's like, ah, I can't do a thing. I can't do a thing because none of your inputs are here or something. Yeah. Yeah, except that I've like reconnected all of the stuff. So whatever. Oh, yeah. It it says it does. It just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it says it did, but it didn't. Yeah. yeah. It's like, nope. Uh Uh-uh. Never mind. Okay. Bloop. You know, you didn't make fun of Ange for her hands when she was counting down for the gnome cast the other day. I'm just saying. I mean, I wasn't watching Ange the whole time on, on <laughs> vi- video. I like, I like Ange. She's like, I like Ange. She's a friend of mine, but you were on the video and I was clearly watching you. Aww. <laughs> Given the choice on Aww. any multi-call, I'm often looking at you. Aww. Well, I can't really complain about that. <laughs> Just take the wind right out of my sails on that one. Instead, go blushy face. That's fine. It's fine. All right. We ready to go to work here? <laughs> yes. All right. <sighs> Bloop. This is my singing check. Yes. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. I was like, no, no, I didn't. What were we? What were you doing again for the show? It was how the show went. Probably charisma, and then mic technique. My mic technique role. Bloop. Oh, mic technique. Ow. Eat eat the mic. Ow. Funny. 